0: back everybody to the In The Lead show. My name is Jennifer Sang, and I am here today with Deborah Eckerling. She is a goal setting expert and is the creator of the Deb Method System of Goal Setting Simplified and author of the award-winning Your Goal Guide, a speaker and corporate consultant. Deb is on a mission to change goal culture in the workplace. Welcome to the show, Deb.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me, Jen. This is going to be fun. I
0: can't wait. So today on the, uh, epi- on the podcast, we are going to talk about well-being in the workplace. So I'm really excited about that because that hits home for me a lot because I'm very conscious of well-being and feel like we need more of it in the workplace. So I'm really excited to have you on the show today. And one of my first questions would have to be, who is Deb?
1: That is such a good question. Unfortunately, I have a good answer. So Deb, me, um, I love goals. I think you cannot. I think I believe you can't get what you want unless you know what you want, and that's really what what makes people spin. They overthink their goals, they underthink them, they live lives that other people think they should lead, and it really goes back to choosing yourself and figuring out the life that you want, and then making it happen. So I started leading goal-setting groups years ago. I moved to LA, restarted it uh, out here. And over the years, there's been a lot of um, growth to my group. It, It started as a writer support group. Now it's Writers, Creatives, and Entrepreneurs. Was in real life, was hybrid, now online only. And somewhere along the way, People started saying, You're good at this. Can I hire you? Can you help me with my goals? Will you speak at my event? So that's really uh, pretty much how I evolved into this. And my background is communications and project management. So I am one of those fun stories of a person who kind of followed the path, but also in my comfort zone with the things that I love. So everything really came together. And then about three and a half years ago, I rebranded. My, myself, my system is the DEB method and DEB stands for determine your mission, explore your options, brainstorm your path, which is all about helping people figure out the foundation for their goals, for the life they want so they can set themselves up for success. So that is me. Well, it's a pleasure to
0: meet you and I can definitely sense the energy and the passion you have behind it. Um, The dead method sounds great. It was answering a question that I was actually asking in my head was, how do you get to the foundation of um, those goals that you want to set? Because I feel like a lot of people can just throw goals out there, but what's intention behind it? How do you find out what's the meaning behind why maybe you want to get to that goal? So it sounds like maybe the dead method helps kind of break that down a little bit and gets to that.
1: Yes. Well, it all starts with when you think about the life you want, what does that look like? And so the D and the dev method is determine your mission. So it starts with visualization, and then write your current bio, where are you now, write your future bio, what do you want it to, to say about you in three, five, 10 years, or three, five, 10 months, you know, because things change so quickly. And then what is your mission? what is it that you do, why do you do it, but most importantly, um how does it help others? So you take the who you are, what you love, what really gets you excited, and what does it do to either inform, entertain, and educate all the above people so they can lead their best life. So my mission is to use my background system and experience to help as many people as possible figure out what they want and how to get it so they can lead a more fulfilled, happy life and in turn help others. So mission statement can be very, very long, which is the other reason for the motto. The motto is the the compass. It is the filter with which you look at everything. So my motto is goal setting simplified. So everything I do, whether it's through my corporate consulting or speaking, in my book, in my chats, in any incarnation of me, it's all about simplified because changing your life is challenging enough. The instructions need to be easy, so I made them really, really easy. So back to your question: if you figure out that that D, the determine your mission, then you go to explore your options because it can manifest itself in different ways. You know, I am the goal setting expert. So what does that mean? Write a book, speaking. Uh, going into companies, helping their people figure out their personal and professional goals, whatever it is your big picture is of the life you want, there are different ways to get there. So that's more the research phase. And in a lot of ways, it's like, what do I do first? Yeah. What do I do next? So I have a bunch of mostly like brainstorming, free thinking, mm. exercises, research, find I say, find your connections and connectors. See who you know, who does the thing that you want to learn more about, or who you know who knows people who know the things, and really dive into what the possibilities are for yourself, and look at your life to see what you can incorporate within your life. Because I'm all about setting you up for success. And then once you land on that, then it's brainstorm your path, and that's all about um, figuring out the plan. Yeah. Because people who plan in their heads, I mean, we have enough stuff up there, right? Constantly. Yeah. But if you brainstorm all of your goals personal, professional, long term, short term tasks, be- benchmarks, everything mm-hmm. and put it on the page, then you can organize it, categorize it, put it in an order that makes sense and incorporate it into your life. Then you set yourself and your goals up for success. If you want to write a book but you have 15 minutes a week, that's fine. It'll mm-hmm. take you longer, but use those 15 minutes every week to dive in and get closer towards your goals.
0: Yeah, I love that because I am all about simplifying and I do think it helps people to kind of break it down like that and have it doesn't even feel like a process, it feels like a method like you've I was that was kind of popping up in my head is there feels like there's a distinction and part of that distinction for me is about understanding kind of the why or, you know, the D and like, why are you doing this? Like, what is, yeah, I love to use compass. That's one that I use a lot too, as far as like figuring out, okay, where do I align to? Like what is it out in the distance that I want to align with that is really at the core of who I am and what you know matters most to me. So thank you for breaking that down. But I I love, um, they're helping people simplify that because I think we get too much into, oh my gosh, that I want to be an actor. Oh, that, you know, I have a, an alignment, but it's like, how do I even get there? I have no, oh my gosh, like, what would I even do? Um,
1: well, exactly. And I love that you pulled out the compass aspect because, really, yeah. especially when you have, and we're, we're talking about well being, but even in terms of well being, we always have. Yeah so much stuff going on in our lives constantly and whether you are rethinking your goals for a career change or a career enhancement or a side hustle or a passion project or whatever it is that you are setting the goals for having that compass really helps keep you on track because you're going to have so many shiny objects yeah but when you have the compass you have two questions does this help does it uh, align with my motto does it fulfill my mission? Yes, great, you do it. No, then you ask a second question. Will it have other benefits? And if that mm-hmm. answer is yes, then you consider it. But if something does not align with your mission and it is not going to benefit you personally or professionally, you mm-hmm. have to take a good, a hard look and see if you should be doing, you know, the thing, whatever it is. Because everything that you do that takes you out of flow, your goals, your mission, yes, some of it's fun and enriching. But I'm talking about the things that you feel obligated to do that you don't want to that have no place in your life. This is like giving you permission to say, you know, I would love to help you, but no. And then there's the whole no is a complete sentence. Usually that should be the end of it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. But a lot of us are like, and, but, and this is why, and we just go on. And I love that you said that it it feels um, more intentional that way too. And it almost feels like empowering because it's like, you do have the choice and the opportunity to put some kind of, I was also thinking about regulation. It feels like you're also trying to regulate kind of all of the things kind of swirling around maybe out, you know, into your sphere. Like, how do you regulate? Like, what should I pull in and what should I kind of, maybe push out or keep some space with because I feel like we just overwhelm ourselves too much, especially people who are like really big pleasers, right? They feel like, Oh, I always need to, to take it in. And then there's obviously detrimental effects to that too. Um,
1: Absolutely. It's uh, in everything I talk about is really about choosing yourself, Mm -hmm. choosing yourself to figure out the life you want, choosing yourself to, Visualize it to really think through what, and, and this is the term I made up for my book. It's what is your Goaltopia? Mm. When you think about the life you want, what does that look like? And Goaltopia is living that life, achieving your goals. What is your Goaltopia? It can change, but mm-hmm. we all have these things that we really enjoy doing that we don't necessarily give ourselves time to do. And and I know, um, I prioritize me. I think you prioritize yourself and self care. If you don't give yourself that balance, nothing's getting done. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I actually just posted an article on LinkedIn the other day, um, about the 10 things that naturally calm people do. And one of the things was all about self care. And that's something that for me is a very high priority that I don't sacrifice much, but yeah, the more we can do that, and the more clear we are, the more we're able to discern like what is that alignment to that compass and what is it. Um, I think it all plays a factor. And you mentioned earlier about well-being, so maybe that's a nice segue into kind of well-being in the workplace and it's it's hard, right? And well-being to me feels like it's a pretty broad term, meaning that it's not just about like, do I meditate. Do I go to my therapy? Do I go to the gym? But it's more of how do I discern those things that and I'll draw in things that are in alignment to that compass and maybe push out some of the things that maybe aren't in alignment to that compass. So, my first question to you would be how would you define well being?
1: I think well being is finding the balance, doing the things that you want to not just all the things that you have to. I Mm. am a firm believer that everybody should love some, if not all of their lives. You know, you should be doing what you enjoy. And if it is your day job, wonderful. If it isn't, take a step back and think about, should you be doing this? I know we're not supposed to use the should word, but it goes back to choosing yourself. This career, and this is a problem a lot of people have is they went to school, they studied something. Okay, they're committed for life. I'm saying no. I mean, yes, of course you're committed. But even if you're in a career that you're you're okay with you know, you're on good terms with your career. You know, it's not something you love. It's not something you hate. It works for you. Think about what it is you do love and how you can incorporate that into other parts of your life. Maybe there's a passion project and it could be something fun in tandem with work, or it can be completely independent of work. But in a lot of, like I said before, a lot of my techniques are really brainstorming and and free writing, and visualization, all that that good stuff. You know, if you can see it, you can create it. Stuff. Think about what did you enjoy doing when you were a kid? Did you have a lemonade stand? Did you bake pies for the neighborhood? We had, we had a neighborhood kid who loved making lemonade pies, and he would just make them and deliver them to the neighbors. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I think he I hope he's a chef. <laughs> right? right? But it so and to answer your question, so well being is doing the things that bring you joy, fulfill you, really make you happy. And it can be your day job, your life, your career, or in tandem with it. Yeah.
0: And I can see why that would be important in the workplace because we the more uh, aligned we are with that compass, the more we know what our motto is, the more we are living in our passions and things that really bring us energy and we're playing to our strengths. I think the more content, happy, successful people will be, more productive, all the things that leaders want to see and be, um, it makes total sense to me. And at the same time, I feel like there's a disconnect. Like I don't feel like enough of us are taking maybe that pause to really do that self-reflection kind of brainstorming. So what are your thoughts on where, where that cause of that disconnect is coming from?
1: Well, I love that you asked us because that is what I am. That's really my focus right now. So I spent last year basically cheerleading everybody saying everything is up in the air. We're changing the way that we work. We're working from home. We've got extra time, perfect opportunity to rethink your life and what you do and explore some of those Mm passions. And I think as challenging as it was for people to take a step back and not commute and work from home or whatever, uh, I think reintegrating into now that it feels like, even though most places are hybrid or work from home still, there's still more energy to business coming back and building. And I think, the problem is, which fortunately I have a solution, is is the communication between team leaders and managers and their their people,
0: because
1: mm. they don't know what, well, <laughs> they're not checking in with them every day in the office. Hey, how you doing? What'd you do over the weekend? Uh, the, maybe there's a little bit of, of that really cursory, hi, how are you? How's everything going? But They don't know what's going on in the lives of their staff. And I think what's going to change it is finding out what their team members are up to. So what I discovered is so my, my dev methodology, you can layer on anything, but I have brought it into the corporate realm. So what I do is I help managers and team leaders keep their employees engaged and productive by supporting their personal and professional goals. And that's really where the disconnect is, is that the leaders don't have the bandwidth to have those conversations. So um I work as an advocate. So if you are in charge of a team and you're having those kinds of challenges, what you really need to do is talk to your people. And what your people need to do is really think about what they want this is like a rebirth everything is like all bets are off everything is new and changing in the workplace great if you spent the last year learning coding but your job is as a marketer down your boss you know i have this new skill that i really love and wouldn't you as this person's supervisor, rather keep them in the company fold, maybe in a different position or watch them go somewhere else. So this is a really long answer, but that's okay. The answer is the secret is to talk to your team and see what they're up to. See how their goals have changed. Uh, ask them what they're up to. And it may be as simple as your employees got used to leaving work at work on the weekends. They got used to stopping work for dinner and then maybe only checking their email once before they go to bed and then they're there bright and early. But you as a manager are in growth mode, so you're constantly sending messages at all hours of the day because you're excited. Well, good for you, but your employee who – got used to at uh, having some sort of separation that's just going to throw them off and if all you need to do is keep the well, while the employees set the boundaries and the employers respect the boundaries that's going to go mm-hmm. such a long way in terms of everybody's well-being
0: yeah i mean that hits kind of to the core of my mission or my D or my motto in all of this is like I truly believe that conversations can change lives. Like I abs at the like the most basic level, I feel like we don't as just a species with one another have enough conversations, and within those conversations, having those courageous conversations, which it sounds like this in a way can be, because there might be some leaders or managers out there who are thinking, "Wow, like this isn't." I'm not into all the feelings and asking you like, what is your mission in life? And what skills do you have? Like, I've actually worked for leaders who were flat out said, like, that's not my skill set. Like, it's hard for me. So I can see how it would even be a courageous act where it's like, this may not be, like for me, it would be all of my, I would be asking every day, like, what do you love? Cause I love conversations, but there are a lot of people who are like, no, I don't. So I'm also curious what your thoughts are from that standpoint. If you have people, managers in the organization who may feel like uncomfortable, maybe having these conversations, what are some things they might be able to do to find that courage to start having more conversations?
1: Well, if you don't want to have a conversation, (laughs) there are other ways to communicate. Mm. So I would start with that. It's really simple to send out a survey to your team every three months. Beginning, of, it's I so I count seasons differently. So I believe the year starts in January, mm-hmm. and then there's another season over the summer, and then there's the fall season, and then December, which is December 1st. And I start the new year early. So I mm-hmm. believe, well, actually, you can reset your goals any time of year, but whereas more people think spring, summer, winter, fall, I think January, summer, fall, December, because that's when there are so many shifts. And I start Mm -hmm. the year uh, on December 1st because I like to give people a running start into the new year. So whether you do it quarterly or the beginning of whenever you start your year, or now. Now is always a good time. It can just be, what have you been up to? What is your priority? Or where do you see your future? So if you don't want to have the conversation, you don't have to have the conversation. You have the magic of email. And the other thing that I think is, is the challenge, or the big thing I think is the challenge I mentioned before, is there are so many remote workers, whereas mm-hmm. a water cooler conversation, it didn't have to be a big deal to have a conversation because you would run into people in the office. Hey, how was your weekend? Oh, I'm building a tree house. Really? Do you have a picture? I mean, that sort of conversation. Oh, I did that for my kid when like 20 years ago. Wait, let me look in the archives of it. You know, yeah. bonding over something that's a shared interest is a great way to communicate. And when it can't happen accidentally. You have to find ways to do it on purpose. The other thing, and I think this is a good tip, whether you're a manager or a team member, is when you want to have this conversation. So I, let's not put it all on the managers. We can, but we don't have to. You know, it, get comfortable. Um, do little conversations. It pop in, into if an email feels too formal. Send an IM. It's just something simple of, I'm taking a survey to find out what everybody's COVID project was. And then you can use that information to say, oh, what do you mean you built a website for your wife? I didn't know you were into coding. Did you know that so-and-so has an opening in their department? Would that be a better fit for you right now? So just the simplest open-ended question can give really good answers. And then, yeah. so from the employer team member side, when you go into these conversations, it's always helpful to have the response you want in mind. So if you're going into the boss saying, you know, I I've loved working in marketing all these years for you, but I have this new passion for coding. I got certified uh, from home over the last year and I, I'm i really looking for a, I want to give you a heads up that I'm looking for better opportunity to use the skill set. Mm. And if you approach it, that the boss is going to be happy for you and want to keep you, then it's more likely to happen. If you go into it with dread, you're going to get dread. And it goes back to what I was talking about before. Everybody deserves to be happy in some, if not all of their life. If you love the things that you're doing, it's going to show in everything you do, just like when you don't love what you are doing, it shows in everything you do. Uh, so, so go to the conversations, whether it's in chat or an actual conversation with the end result you want, because yeah. that, that's how have a the battle.
0: Yeah, I heard a few different things that I wanted to highlight in there was, I love that you said, you can have smaller conversations. Cause I was thinking back in my own corporate experience where we used to have like a review one time a year, it would be this big deal. You'd have like this meeting, you'd have to like fill out, you know, all of your accomplishments. And it was like this whole thing. So it was very kind of stressful, right. On the manager and the employee, right. Because you want to make sure you get everything right. But now in my corporate role, we've transitioned more into um, a, a weekly conversation or biweekly conversation And development is always supposed to be kind of interwoven in that. And it feels more like, again, a conversation versus like some formal meeting that you have to prepare. And so I I feel like in that approach too, like if I were a manager in a a company that maybe didn't have an approach and I wanted just to come up with something and start, just start having conversations in your one-on-ones with people and just start exploring, right? And ask questions and just get to know them. And I think naturally and organically it starts to to unfold. But I heard that and what you were saying was like, have smaller conversations, but also there's different ways you can communicate as well. It's not necessarily one-to-one sitting down, looking at each other and talking, but find ways that work for you and for the employee. And lastly, I heard almost most importantly was that you are empowered employee to also drive that conversation. It's not, let me wait for my manager to bring up maybe the topic. How can I do the reflecting and understand what my mission is, right? And what I'm passionate about and then start having the conversation. So I think out of what you said, those were the three things that I
1: pulled out of it. Yes. And you really nailed it for everything and it goes yeah, you get back an a plus to, yeah no you get better than an a plus <laughs> you get a gold star Woo, gold star Woo. i love it <laughs> uh and it really goes back to the d determine your mission give yourself the gift of time to figure out what that thing is what drives you what gets you excited and then you figure out ways to incorporate it into your life
0: yeah That's really powerful. So to expand on the conversation of well-being at work, how else do you see well-being showing up for individuals or organizations at work besides what we've already kind of talked about?
1: Well, we did touch on boundaries, but I think it, it, it can be mentioned again. Boundaries are important from everybody's angle. So whether you're the boss, team leader, director, whatever, and realize that your people are going to be way more responsive if you contact them during business hours. So hold your Mm -hmm. fingers, hold the send button, hold whatever. Um, You want to model the behavior that you want for your team. So if you're sending them emails at two o'clock in the morning and come on, we've all had that boss or have been that boss who has done that. Mm-hmm. And you're wondering, your team member is like, you get an email at like six in the morning because they saw it first thing and we're panicked to respond. That's not good. That's bad.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it feels like psychological, Creating an unsafe psych- uh, psychological workplace with having, because people like predictability. People want boundaries. I mean, it's just like children, adults want it too. We want boundaries to know it feels safer. It feels like, okay, I know what's expected. But if it's all over the place and there's no boundaries and you're getting emails at nine, 10 o'clock at night, yeah, you're right. I mean, you're basically creating that unsafe workplace, which can't support well being, right?
1: Exactly. So, and the other thing is to take the time off on the weekend, Mm -hmm. which kind of goes hand in hand with boundaries. I think a huge thing that everyone can do is to set an appointment with themselves, whether it's ideally the whole weekend off would be nice, but come on. We we do live in the now when everybody is a multi-hyphenate with three or four different side hustles, but Mm -hmm. A few hours off minimum every weekend, blocked off with reminders, that's gonna help keep you refreshed and excited and ready to roar the following week. So, not only set the boundaries, set the appointments for your own self care. And maybe it's more than once, if it's more than once a week, good for you, you know, bonus extra gold stars for that. But again, Look at your life and see what makes sense for you. If you're a morning person and that getting up a half an hour early to work on something that's going to make you really happy, that's going to leak into the rest of your day, do that. If you're a night person, do it before you go to sleep. Look at your life and what makes sense and do more of what works and less of what doesn't work. Again, logic-based. Very, very simple, but find the time for self-care. Make a list of the things that make you happy. And then when you have the time, just go to your list and be like, oh, I'm going to do that today. So you don't even have to think about what you want to do. It's right there because when you're so busy working, maybe you're not thinking about how much you love it when you take a break to make dinner. Mm-hmm. It can be that simple or read a chapter of a book every night before you go to bed what fulfills you only you can answer that and again the team leaders modeling that behavior encouraging that maybe you've got a bunch of readers on your team start a book club Mm -hmm. you want to really (laughs) keep them engaged and happy start a book club On company time, do it for one of the lunch hours. Make it like an optional thing that you incorporate into the week once a month. We're doing a book club. I knew years ago. I worked at a company. They did a TED Talk club. So once a month at lunchtime, it would be watching a TED Talk and then discussing the principles. So make the lunch learns things that. Your employees want to learn. Or if you're one of those um, organizers, team members, take the reins, make suggestions, communicate that to the boss, and introduce things that you think would help the company culture.
0: Yeah. What I hear you saying in that is when well-being is present in the workplace, people feel empowered. People feel connected, people feel engaged, people feel all these things right that we talk about a lot, but maybe aren't as successful as implementing. I think those are some great tips to I mean easy things that we can do, but I think it also starts with how do we build a culture that allows people to feel safe enough, right? To first of all maybe voice like, "Hey, I'm in, interested in this, and I want to start a book club." Cool. And leaders whatever we can do and managers to support and help cultivate that for the employees, I think will just be extremely beneficial. And um, yeah, I think it would just be, I, I see it nicely fitting in with how kind of well being manifests in the workplace.
1: It, it really is the culture, it's the state of mind, and it goes from the top down. Mm-hmm. It goes from the behavior that is modeled, that is encouraged, and that. Enthusiasm—it it goes back to to the F word, fun, which is probably the best well-being tip that I or anyone can give is to make sure you've got fun incorporated in your life. If it can happen in work through work, even better. But find those things that bring you joy and make sure that you're having a little bit of fun each day, even if. The two minute dance break where you, you uh, turn your camera off of Zoom for a couple minutes and just, you know, get the wiggles out or and I feel like a kid when I said that. I don't know. I honestly <laughs> have no idea where that came from. But what are the things that you do? I love my two minute dance breaks because I am at the computer most of the day. I am talking most of the day, which, by the way, I love. the the, I I say that the I love writing I probably love talking a little bit more but (laughs) but they're very very close look at your life what are fun things you can do the other thing that's super important for well-being is being social which there is so much isolation lately because everybody is working from where they are I actually happen to love zoom I think it's been this last year, I met more people from around the world in the last year and a half than I ever could have meeting people in real life in a lifetime. So I think rather than seeing Zoom as evil, see it as good, but do fun things on Zoom. Go to the networking events that aren't always just business. Some of them are social or to learn something that makes you happy. What are the things, and this is, uh, I will i will challenge anyone who's listening, is to make that list of 10 things that bring you joy, that make you happy, that you don't have to think twice about, they just fall right out of your head, and do at least a little bit of one of them every day. Mm. And as leaders, managers, find ways to cultivate social events that aren't pressure. I love it when I get pleasantly surprised. I get a message that says, "Hey Deb, can we have a phone call instead of a Zoom call? Really, like the telephone, like real people friends?" Okay, that
0: works. Wait, what?
1: Exactly. (laughs) Call people. I think really easy. Maybe do Zoom free Friday, so it's one day a week. Any meetings are on the phone. So it's less pressure to be on, but you're still getting work done.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a lot. So I hear a lot of, it takes a lot of, again, self-management, self-regulation as a leader or a manager to understand, right? What your team needs. There's some of that and you get that through those small conversations, right? You get that through helping people to define and maybe shape their mission. Maybe they don't know what it is and probably the dead method would help great with that, but helping people really define that. I feel like that at the core is what your role is as a manager is to help people really define their mission and help them move towards it. You're really just helping facilitate that process. And in, in the perfect world it aligns with the work objectives right the business results you know all the fun organizational stuff but i feel like we've gotten in this point where we switched it like we've made it the organizational goals and all of those results supersede the people and what their passions and strengths and mission are in this world and i feel like it needs to be reversed a little bit because i feel i feel like that's where some of the the disconnect comes from too is You're really, managers and leaders are concerned with the business and less on the people and people feel like, well, okay, well then I don't need to socialize with my team. I don't want to, you know, be vulnerable. I don't want to, you know, have conversations with you about my mission, right? Because I feel like all you care about is the business result and the goals of the organization, not me. So I feel like there's also kind of this shift that needs to occur, almost a mindset of let's put people first and really helping them. And let's cultivate that, what that mission is. And that will then in turn align everybody really well to the organizational goals. And then we'll be so much more effective. We'll be better collaborative. We'll be more engaged, productive, all the things we want to see. But we're just not seeing it as much because people aren't aligned well. Maybe people don't even have that defined yet. So I see a real opportunity there for people who manage people is really focus on that. Helping them define that is really your superpower and will unlock their superpowers. And who doesn't want that in an organization? I mean, I think that's what breeds then all the wellness and the well-being and the safety and, you know, sorry, I feel like I just went on a tangent.
1: <laughs> agree, agree, agree. Yeah. Yeah. And if we want to make it just one simple line, is that, that happy employees actually make the company money.
0: So mm-hmm.
1: if making your employees <laughs> be happy right now,
0: yes, you must
1: happiness in your employees, whether it is in alignment with the work product or something that is on the side of it or a project they they want more responsibility or they want growth or they just want time to work on their side thing or family time. Whatever it is that makes your people happy, when you encourage that, they're going to bring that energy and loyalty. Mm-hmm. Let, let's say you're the boss. You just put out this email to your team. Uh, I'm so happy that we're all back the company is growing, but please tell me, what have you been up to? What was your COVID project? And then the people who reply, oh, I started an Etsy store and I started doing this and I started that. Well, the manager could say, oh, I love that you're doing all of these things. I think once a week on the, on the company's social media, we're going to highlight the side hustles of our team members, and we're gonna we'll put the link to what they're doing and encourage engagement, etc. And then, so you have your employee that started a side hustle, kind of wondering maybe I should just take the leap and leave, but the boss is supporting it and sharing it and elevating your business. Well, you don't have an employee who's going to leave. You have a loyal employee who appreciates the fact that they are appreciated.
0: Mm-hmm. Easy, yeah. Sounds easy, right? Uh, I feel <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I yeah, I, no. I mean, I think it is actually in practice easy. I think a lot of things for a lot of people get in the way for different reasons. Um, but I think it's it's so powerful, and definitely agree with everything you had to say as well. And I think that the Deb method would help a lot of managers, you know, maybe take that step into that courageous space of helping, empowering, and connecting to their employees and unlocking that potential or that superpower in them that will make everybody happier or productive, social, all the things we want to see. So I'm Super excited about this conversation today, Deb. I really appreciate your time. If how about at the end, you give us some information about how can people find you if someone's interested in the Deb Method or connecting with you? Where
1: where are you located? Well, I will give you that answer in a second, but I have to say one thing about what you Mm -hmm. just said, which is I said it's really simple to support your employees, and in theory, it is, but. Line it up against the hiring, <laughs> the hiring process. You are going to spend a lot less time supporting your employees than you are replacing them. Mm-hmm. So That's just so one more one more little bit to keep in mind. So when I say it's simple, to me, everything is logic- based, everything is simple, but that little bit of encouragement is a time investment but investing in the future of everybody your employees your company yourself and and thank you for for all of your kind words yes i believe that anyone can use deb to just really hone in on what they want whether it's for their company for a project for their employees for themselves and it really just starts with figuring out what is the superpower my people, and then figure out what you can do with that. And anyone and everyone can find me at thedevmethod.com, or if you go to thedevmethodcom slash keep, K-E-E-P, you can learn about my employee retention program for keeping your employees engaged and productive. And also, if you're listening, please connect with me on LinkedIn, or you can reach out, send me an email, info at thedevmethod.com.
0: Awesome, and you forgot every Sunday at seven o'clock Pacific, there is the Twitter chat goal chat that Deb hosts every Sunday, which is where I think we met originally was through the Gold goal chat community.
1: Yes. So that is- uh, yes, every Sunday night at 7 p.m. Pacific on Twitter. Oh, I'm at the Deb Method everywhere on social media. So we tweet out so people can share their wins and their goals for the week. And then we do a deep dive into the week's topic. And then on Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific, I lead Goal Chat Live uh, conversation on Facebook and LinkedIn. And what I do is I bring in people, three people from different parts of my life to do Mm -hmm. a deeper dive into that conversation. I am also the host of the Deb Show podcast. And yes. Oh, Oh, and you can grab your copy of your goal guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals on Amazon or your favorite place to buy books. And I've got a Facebook group for people who are reading my book where they can ask questions and share their journey.
0: You sleep. How do you do all this? I said, do you sleep? How do you do all this? I'm listening to it all. Do I sleep?
1: Oh my gosh. Yes, I sleep. Uh, Well, I also, (laughs) I didn't even mention everything. I also have my Write On Online Facebook group, which is really where everything started. That came from the original writer support group, which is writers, creatives, and entrepreneurs. And that is every day is a different thread designed for goal setting accountability and community. And I had been thinking about starting a Twitter chat for years and not everybody is on Facebook. And one day I said, okay, this is 2018, this is the year. And then my COVID project was starting my live show, which evolved into the podcast, is really the audio version of Goal Chat Live. So, in answer to your question, do I sleep? Yes. But I am also very passionate about goals and goal setting. And I believe everybody deserves that happy bit in their life. So, this is my mission is to help people figure out what they want and how to get it to help companies reevaluate their goal culture. What you were saying before, if you start with your employees, their superpowers and how they can contribute, then everybody has the sense of ownership and drive that if you spent so much time and energy finding the right employees, then you want to even a little bit of energy to make sure they stay engaged and productive Mm -hmm. and happy, it will make the world of difference. So do I sleep? Yes. But I get so much energy in what I do. I just feel that, I feel that there's so many things people can do when they choose themselves and they take a step back and figure out their goals. And so that is my message to all for the world to say, yes, you can do it. Use yourself and move forward. And it's that easy-ish.
0: (laughs) Easy-ish. Well, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. And I can definitely tell that your passion is, you're walking in it, right? And you can tell with your energy and obviously your commitment. So that's amazing. And I'll also, with all the links, I'll link that in the show notes if anybody listening is wanting to connect, connect with Deb or find out more information. Um, We'll have that available. So thank you again, Deb. It was a pleasure having you on.
1: Thank you so much. And I I love how I, this is why I do my Twitter chat, so I can make new friends. So I am absolutely thrilled. Thank you so much.